This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. episode of Swipe Left, Swipe Left, the podcast, we present you a story told by a man we are calling Dimitri. We just need to set the scene a little bit for this one. Dimitri was working on his PhD in London. I should have finished before, but I hadn't. He was past his deadline, but he'd extended. And I was broke. So in order to save money... He was working as a residence assistant in the university. Where there was this kind of like deal that I could stay for free in exchange for keeping order among other students. Just like a fake cop, basically. But we would get like the standard room that any undergrad student would get. So like this tiny kind of like matchbox room. Yeah, it's very basic. And to make things even more difficult and tight for Dimitri, his friend from Greece decided to move to the UK. And because Dimitri was such a nice guy, he said, yeah, I'll put you up. And we ended up staying together in that room for just over seven months. So in order to make it work, they have to lay down a few ground rules. Okay, every day we fold the bunk bed, we then use the room for pretty much nothing else except for sleeping. Plus, if one of us thinks they have a good chance of like uh, getting lucky, then the other person has to fold the bed and just dash, like get out. There was another friend who lived in Brighton, but he had a bigger flat and we were always welcome there. So it was most likely that whoever had to leave would actually go take a train from King's Cross all the way down, down to Brighton. So it was a big stake, you know, you had to be pretty certain that you were going to get lucky because otherwise you were really inconveniencing the other person quite, quite a bit. The story starts around the days of when Occupy London was happening. We had gone to one of the demonstrations with a few friends, all I knew. We met some people. And we ended up in a pub. All of us were swapping numbers because organising for the next demonstration or whatever. It's a big circle of people. And I was sitting next to this girl who I found very uh, attractive. I think half Portuguese and half from Angola. Kind of like an arty person, seems like a very interesting person and I thought, you know, it's very attractive. So we kind of had the conversation about what was happening in 
in Portugal at the time because she had lived in Portugal and was talking about Greece, you know, the, the, the crisis in the two countries. So it was quite promising, you know, there was common ground and I thought we could discuss it further. I, I think I used that as an excuse to say, you know, we should can keep this conversation later on. A few days after that, we started communicating, started swapping uh, texts. I think we had been swapping two, three texts a day. There was a lot of kisses flying around, and there was like, started with one X and build up to two eventually. We would deconstruct uh, every single text of my roommate and kind of like endless hours going through, you know, classic flirting phase where you discuss these strategies with a friend, right, you know, like, this is what I got, you know, this one, I think I'm sending, you know, this one I sent her, try and analyse, you know, my next move, trying not to be too, be too eager about it, but trying to push things nicely, trying to understand what she would mean and try to, yeah, to build it up. Because I'm very bad with like flirting, you know, openly. So it wouldn't be anything too explicit, but I would always think it would be going beyond the how was your day. Oh, yeah, and it wasn't only the kisses that were matching, it was also the time, right? You know, you would just, like, send a text, get text back. You know, texts were coming in, and it was getting more and more exciting. It was, like, a, it was building up nicely. So I had been, I had been texting this girl for around just around maybe a month and a half. I remember I was trying to look for a, some kind of excuse to meet her again, you know, quite shy. So I was like, with all this political upheaval, there's a political project I was trying to set up. I want to talk to you about this. We should find the time. So I was talking about this with a friend, the friend who stayed with me, and another one were kind of like going through the text. He was like, yeah, you know, definitely. It's going well, you know, make a move, like ask her out. So I did eventually. So we arranged it all. I gave my friend two hour notice, you know, he was out of there. And I went down there like, you know, super confident. I was like, okay, this is, you know, looking good, it's really happening, you know. dressed smart, everything, went out of the door and get to the bar. It's like literally like a five-minute walk less. And as I get into the bar, I get a text from this girl saying, I'm really sorry, you know, you won't believe what happened. I fell down the stairs, I hit my back. This was literally like, you know, we maybe said we're going to meet at 9 p.m. and this was like five past nine. I was like, oh, what kind of crap is this? You know, so I called up my friend. He was already all the way out in Brighton. I was like, you know, sorry, dude, you know, false flag. You didn't, you didn't have to go down to Brighton after all. You can come back if you want. And he was like, I can't believe it. Like, what kind of lame excuse is that? What, what kind of trick is she up to? You know, what is she playing at? Anyway, you know, let it cool off a little bit. And after a few days, you know, picked it up again. I was like, you know, maybe we can rearrange it. We started chatting a little bit and, you know, long story short, maybe a couple of weeks later, we rescheduled. I was 
kind of semi pissed off. I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is playing with me, but at least it's rearranging. So it's not quite cool. It's probably some kind of like game, but maybe it's not completely over. You know, let's let's kind of like see what happens, you know. Same notice to the friend. You got your two hours. You get out of here. Go back to Brighton. I walk into the bar. I start looking around. You know, I get a text from her saying I'm already here. I'm waiting. Excellent. So I go into the bar and I start like scouting, like looking around, scanning the room. As I do that, like I see this guy who I had actually met on the same day at that Occupy protest. It's like mid-50s probably. And, and he was waving at me. I was like, yeah, it's funny, like a weird coincidence, you know. He comes up to me and he's like, oh, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. I start chatting. I'm like, good, good. Yeah, good. Like, really nice to see you. But I was like, I'm really sorry. You know, I'm, you know, I'm here to see someone else. And... He did kind of ignore that, and I keep like looking around. I remember, I keep looking around the room, you know, trying to find this girl. And he's talking to me, and he's like, oh, I'm really sorry about the other day, you know, but you know, I fell down the stairs and I had like this really terrible, <laughs> terrible accident. <laughs> this is a point it dawns on Dimitri. He's been flirting with this old guy via text for months. So, so I look at the guy, like I, I'm like, you what? <laughs> and it all, all clicks together. It all makes sense. Really not the person I expected to find. <laughs> I must have written both, both their numbers down and I must have just like saved them. The other way around, like his number is hers, and her number is his. First of all, the shock, you can imagine, right? You think you're on, on a date, I'm, I'm stuck with this guy, like who, who the hell is he and how, how, you know, how do I get out of it? He was like, so shall we get a beer? I guess, I mean, yeah. It got even worse because the guy was like, so, you wanted to talk to me about some political project that, you know, because that was, you know, the way I was trying to approach every girl. He was like, so what are you working on? What do you want to, what do you want to talk about? Shit, I didn't even remember. The guy wasn't original from Britain, but I couldn't remember even what country. Couldn't remember exactly where he was from. So I needed to kind of like try and fish out. I was like, well... How are things back, back home? <laughs> so he started talking, and luckily I picked it up. I was like, all right, he's from Iran, okay. And we were working on a blog on the Greek crisis, you know, and he knew that. And with that girl, I would have said, you know, because he was half Portuguese, you know, you want to expand it to, like, look at what's happening in other countries, you know, Portugal. That makes sense, Greece and Portugal. But Iran, he was like, so, you know, this was happening, so... Why do you want to talk to me? I was like, well, you know, we work on the Greek crisis. And it was like, yeah, I was like, well, you know, Iran is very important. 
literally kind of like mumbled something about, you know, the energy crisis and, you know, the economic crisis. I don't think it lasted more than 40 minutes, to be honest. <laughs> it was the quickest date ever. Like, I just downed my beer and I was out of there. I was completely mesmerized. I walked out of there being like, what the fuck happened? We must have felt the same. We must have both gone the opposite ways, being like, what? <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> I mean, imagine from a guy's perspective, because it's incomprehensible, right? How, how can you meet someone and then, you know, you meet up with them and you say, should we have a beer? And they're like, um, you know, I'm sorry, I know we're here in the bar. We, you know, and this is why we met, but I, yeah, I'm going to meet someone else. I would really want to know what he, what he thought. Was he also giving you one X and then two X's later? Yeah, yeah, he was, he was matching, he was matching the, the stakes. Whatever. <laughs> well, and I, I, I'm never going to find out, I guess. Maybe he was just trying to be polite he was like you know thought this guy's kind of like weird but whatever i'm gonna <laughs> or thinking that that was a culturally appropriate thing to do because i'm also a foreigner in the uk and he probably thought that's maybe just a very mediterranean way to be about it this story really took me by surprise like i did not see the punchline coming I think this story is amazing because it, it touches on that idea that a lot of things are just in your head and all of these games that you're playing with someone may not really be real. And Yeah, I just love the thought of from the guy's perspective, you know, this guy's been texting you for months. You're a bit like, OK, this is a bit odd. Like, we didn't really speak much at the event we met at, but this guy is like relentlessly texting me like four times a day. He wants to meet oh, this is a bit odd. Then you go to meet him and he's like, oh, yeah, nice to see you. I'm actually here to meet someone else. He'd just be like, um... And then I never hear from him ever again. Ever again. If you're listening, Dimitri is very sorry. Thank you so much for listening again and for subscribing and for that lovely five-star review you're about to post. Thank you. Please post any more stories you have on our website. Thank you so much to Archie Crofton who designed all our graphics, our logo, our artwork. George Taylor for composing our theme music. And thank you to Connor Courtney who really has massively helped us with getting the word out for this podcast. Swipe Left, Swipe Left is produced by us, Claire Crofton and Gavin Wong. Bye. Bye. So what did you tell your flatmate when you came back from that day? <laughs> no need to get to Brighton, mate. He was already in Brighton again. He had gone to Brighton for the second time. What do you tell him, right? He was like, I think he literally said, that's the most stupid, the most ridiculous story I've heard in my life. I think he sticks by it up to date. He thinks it is the most ridiculous story.